It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's going on? It's another episode of Locked on Raptors. Sean with you as always. And on today's show, we are joined by our pal Vivek Jacob from Raptors.com to talk about the Toronto Raptors 118-113 loss to the Portland Trailblazers. What's going on with the Raptors defense? That's going to be the big question we asked today. We're also going to talk about Scotty Barnes and the minutes situation as the starters for the Raptors are receiving a heavy dose of minutes from Nick Nurse. Can that be addressed? We will find out. On today's show with Vivek Jacob from Raptors.com. Stick around. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 1058 of Locked On Raptors for Tuesday, November the 16th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors. And of course, you can find the podcast free and available on all of your favorite platforms, uh, whether it's the podcast apps like Apple, Google, Odyssey, all that. You can subscribe or follow there. And you can find us on YouTube. Please hit that subscribe button. It's very much appreciated. Even if you're not going to watch the show on YouTube, just help us juice the stats please uh and uh, thanks as always for making us your first listen of the day as well all right on today's show the toronto raptors have lost another game i think six of their last or five of the last six now and uh it was a bit of a bummer to see them fall short against the portland trailblazers after a really promising start and we're gonna dig into everything that went wrong from the defense to the defense to the defense and a little bit of scotty barnes and we're also going to talk about the minutes distribution a little bit later on kind of working that into the segment everybody's asking about the dude of the game uh but joining me to talk about all of that stuff from this game against the blazers which was honestly a pretty all right way to spend a late monday night on the west coast it is vivek jacob from raptors.com big v how you doing pal i'm doing all right i'm getting used to the west coast swings and the <laughs> games and the timings and you know got a nice uh, two o'clock a 2 a.m bedtime but here we yeah. are ready to go <laughs> Look, man, I uh, I used last night's opportunity. I'm working. I'm staying up late. I'm working. So I ordered A&W at 1 a.m. as a work wow. lunch. Uh, bad move. <laughs> Don't do that. Feel like garbage today. Uh, but hey, it is what it is. I will adjust to the schedule as well. They're out there for like two weeks. So we have plenty of time to acclimatize ourselves to that West Coast living. Um Vivek, the first game of the trip did not go terribly well for the Raptors. There were some good things, which uh, usually is the case with this Raptors team, but it did not end up in a win, a 118-113 loss to the Blazers last night. 
Uh, OG Ananobi had that like insane first half where he had 22 points on like four shots. Uh, Pascal Siakam looked pretty good, 26 and six. Uh, you know, some nice performances from Gary Trent Jr., but the bench was not really there. Scotty Barnes had a rough go. Fred Van Vliet didn't show up till late until he very much showed up late. Uh, but where do you want to start with this one, man? What was your biggest takeaway from the Lat Raptors' eighth loss of the season to fall back below 500? Yeah, I, I think the biggest takeaway is just the defense has just completely slipped away. Ooh. and. Yeah. They're literally slipping uh, at, at times, uh, you know, and I think uh, the theme I always go back to is, especially with Nick Durst's style, is you hear the comment, basketball is jazz. And yeah. we saw it at its peak uh, in that 2018-19 championship where yep. everyone was on a string. Everyone had the freedom to, you know, switch up the defense. Like there were times where they would call call out what they were seeing and say, okay, we're going to switch to a 2-3 here. We're going to do whatever here. And everyone is in sync and it happens right away. And that connectivity seems to be lost now. Some of that is obviously guys being in and out of the lineup and you're, you're making adjustments uh, to that. But it, it Nick Nurse's system demands a lot. Yeah. And, you know, you have to be perfectly in tune or it's going to look really bad. And then the final part I'll say is this is a young team. You're always going to expect uh, some level of inconsistency. This is part of why, you know, when we did the over-unders uh, for the eight and a half in the defensive rating, I said th that they would be worse than that because I didn't expect the consistency to be there. Yeah. Yeah, you're looking good on that one right now, man. They are currently 19th in the NBA per NBA.com, which is not the most reliable because it doesn't account for garbage time and all that stuff, but it's easy enough to uh, draw our conclusions from there. They are 19th in defense over there, have fallen down to a 108.8 defensive rating uh, as their offense moseys along as a top 10 offense somehow at 109.4. Yeah. We'll talk about that as well, kind of in conjunction with this conversation in a sec. But yeah, you know, this was a weird matchup i think in particular for the way the raptors play defense too like the blazers are a team that have three super quick guards who can beat you off the bounce and just by virtue of math they were always going to have one of og siakam or barnes guarding one of those guys and i think that's kind of where things broke down in a lot of ways is because Look, I think those three guys are excellent defenders or will be excellent defenders. They're in various stages of that. Siakam's looked kind of rough coming back, but you know, you still see the flashes of how he can kind of break a game because he covers so much ground. And I do think that it will kind of coalesce here, but it's really early days and they need more time than four games to marinate together and figure out how to play with one another. But the fact is that like, those guys, if they do struggle with an area, maybe less so with OG because he can kind of stay in front of anybody. But like the issue with those guys is that they struggle to contain dribble penetration because they're just not as quick as six foot three guards who can blow by them. And I think we saw that with, with Dame and CJ and Norm kind of always having a guy on one of them that they could cook. And that's where things kind of collapsed. They played a pretty conservative, I, I think, like by their standards, defense in the first half. And it obviously didn't go well. They gave, six, six, uh, they gave up 61 points. And then they switched in the second half to kind of throwing two to the ball when Damian Lillard was on it. And, you know, they've done that in the past. We, we've seen that strategy, you know, deployed by the Raptors plenty of times in the last few years here. But I think they were particularly ill-equipped to execute that in this game, considering where they're at in their sort of marination process. And they're just so early on. And you saw the breakdowns. You saw 
oh, like this guy's supposed to step up into the paint to fill in for the guy who's doubling. It just there was no step up. It was just, oh, there's a wide open Yusuf Nurkic or Larry Nance Jr. just kind of waiting there in the paint. And the rotations they have to execute are so precise in this defense. And we've seen it when it works well. It's absolutely smothering and terrifying and unbelievable. But it has to be everybody on the string. There can't be a loose part of that chain. And right now, I think you could argue that a few guys are kind of that loose part. Pascal, again, kind of getting his feet. Scotty Barnes making rookie mistakes. Like, it's just kind of all falling apart. And I think it was... I don't, I, look, I get what Nick Nurse was doing, doing the, the two-on-the-ball thing. They hadn't forced a ton of turnovers in the first half. He talked about this in the piece that he did, uh, that he spoke to Joe Wolf on for, for the score, which we're going to have Joe on this week to talk about that excellent piece about the Raptors and how they try to win the possession game. But, you know, Nurse talked about how, you know, oh, the, that Nets game, for example, we weren't aggressive enough. That Mavericks game, we weren't aggressive enough. And they didn't force the turnovers that typically they need to sustain themselves offensively. And... So they tried to do it against Lillard. They couldn't force those turnovers anyway. They only forced 12 in the game, which is not where they want to be. And as it turns out, their offense was good enough that they probably didn't have to do that. They really did some good work in the half court in this one. And so just kind of a a strange matchup in particular. Like, I don't think we'll see them struggle this much with, say, Utah in terms of finding out the right scheme. Utah might just beat you because they're Utah. But I I do think the matchup with with the Blazers is particularly troublesome for the way the Raptors align themselves even if I think like Scotty Barnes did a totally fine job on Yusuf Nurkic as the nominal center and all that stuff you know I guess my way to sort of spin this back to you Vivek is a do you agree that the sort of decision to double was kind of what did them in and b with the way the Raptors kind of load up on the aggression they're going to cause themselves some trouble on defense. Just like, as we talked about, they're not quite, you know, gelled into one sort of cohesive unit just yet, but their offense look pretty all right. Again, they're top 10 in overall offensive rating right now. I think per cleaning the glass, they're 23rd and half court offense, which is up from the start of the season where they were like 38th. Uh, and they, you know, continue to be a pretty decent transition team. Is there a world in which the Raptors offense is good enough that they don't have to play this super hyper aggressive defense Vivek? I think so. I, I, I think that's absolutely on Nick Nurse. You know, he wound his guitar a bit too tight and the strings have broken off. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's something that he needs to be wary of. I think, you know, in terms of adjustments as well, I think back even to the Boston game, a team that shoots as many corner threes as it does, you know, yeah. you you, you got to be cognizant of that and, and be ready to not help off of that, right? Mm-hmm. You're just giving them what they want. Uh, and so... The Raptors, you know, for them, what they want to do is give up corner threes to the guys they feel comfortable giving up those shots to. Um, but it's not necessarily playing out that way right now. And I think this is a point that you've made over and over again, where you've got good enough individual defenders to just trust yeah. them. Uh, yeah. And so I, I think there can definitely be more of that. And especially with the offense being ahead of what people expected and Siakam now back in the mix as well, uh, adding a bit more grease to the half court. Uh, I think, yeah, there's definitely room to just uh, take things a bit easier on the defensive end. And again, with a young team, maybe it is better to not be, to not, to not have such a high requirement uh, right. you know, in terms of what's expected of them defensively. And you look at Scotty Barnes, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> that stretch in the fourth quarter, that's about uh, as rookie as we've seen him, 
And yeah. you think about how he starts the game, defending Yusuf Nurkic to finishing the game Lillard, on Lillard, on McCollum, uh, and some of the breakdowns that happen there. That's just a lot to ask, right? And obviously, he's a special rookie, and we know that. And it's going to be a good learning moment for him, and there's going to be more moments like that for him uh, over the course of the season. Uh, but I think in terms of the challenges that are laid out, uh, you might be asking a bit much, especially when Kem Birch is struggling, right? Yeah. I, I think at the end of the day, you see from Marcus All and Serge Ibaka to <laughs> Aaron Baines uh, in Tampa to now having a big who can really just anchor that defense uh, makes such a big difference. And so when Kem Birch is struggling the way he was, uh, it makes it tough. Yeah, totally. And, and, you know, it's worth saying that there were some flashes, you know, from Scotty, from Siakam, where they, you know, w- while these sort of small guards versus the long dudes certainly went in the favor of the Blazers, there were moments where you could very clearly see, oh, man, Dame is bothered by this length. CJ's bothered by this length. You know, there were three sets of arms kind of digging in on every drive. They were sort of, you know, just like draping over them when they were trying to make passes at the top of the arc. Like, there are good points to, to you know, why they roll out this defense and why they play the way they do. It's just, I, I think they're a little bit too early in the maturation process to really execute it at full sort of extent. Uh, you know, you mentioned Scotty Barnes. There were some struggles there. I do want to talk about him in just a second here, but I also want to talk about the offense and the way in particular it looked with Pascal Siakam kind of operating from the middle of the floor. I want to dig into that just in one second here. But before we get to that, we should tell you about our friends over at Theragun. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body, whether you're an elite athlete or someone like me who is decidedly not an elite athlete and you're just trying to make it through the day tension-free, Theragun can help. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. And it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good, feel good. it gets to the source of pain by releasing tension using Theragun's uh, signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out or injury or just the stresses of everyday life, there is no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. The OLED screen and design makes you feel like you're holding something from the future. Just go to their site and check it out. And the Theragun learns from your behaviors and suggests guided routines. I have a Theragun and it's awesome. I go for long bike rides and my legs feel all of the tension after that. And I just sit down on the couch. I fire up the Theragun and rub it across my legs. And the next morning I wake up and I feel fantastic. Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, hundreds of thousands of customers, and of course, me as well. Try Theragun for 30 days starting at 199 bucks. Go to therabody.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody, T-H-E-R-A-B-O-D-Y.com slash locked on, therabody.com slash locked on. Go relieve that muscle tension, baby. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
All right, uh, we're going to continue on here and dig in to Vivek. The uh, you know the, the talk about the offense and, and sort of how this new starting five is coming together. And I got to say, as much as it was a bummer to see them lose this game, you know, and a bummer to see Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum hit all those insane shots down the stretch. There was a lot to be gleaned in terms of optimism as it relates to how the small ball Raptors starting five is going to look offensively. You know, we've talked about, uh, I think you, we've both been on the side of start small, if I'm not mistaken. Have you been? I can't remember, actually. This has been the great debate of Raptors internet so far this year. Where are you officially at before we dive into this? Should they be starting small or starting Kem Birch and moving Scotty Barnes to the bench? With the way Kem has played and, again, leading towards a bit more stability on the defensive end, I, I lean towards Kem in the starting five mm. and Gary off the bench. Well, we disagree there. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> Disagreement is fine. Uh, this is a, an extreme, uh, like, like polarizing point for Raptors Internet. And I will say, uh, I think those who are in favor of the small ball starting five, while the results weren't awesome last night at the defensive end, I think that will come along. The offense really, I think, made you feel pretty good about what that lineup is going to be capable of. And it's because they use Pascal Siakam as a screener, baby. Uh, you know, we've, we, we've talked about this a lot over the years about how Pascal as a screener is very useful. You know, he's not the greatest screener in the world, but he knows what to do in the middle of the floor there. He can put the pressure on the rim. He can put the pressure on the defense to think that he's going to make the pass to a cutter or a shooter or whatever it's going to be. And we saw very much like the perfect construction of that lineup in the half court last night where there was a lot of, they run a pick and roll with Fred and Pascal. Fred feeds it to Pascal middle of the floor. And then he's just got options for days, whether it's taking it himself, whether it's finding a cutter, dumping it off to Scotty Barnes, whatever it is. I, I think that is really going to be the pathway here for the Raptors to milk more out of their half court offense. And you can do it in burst as well, right? Like use Scotty Barnes in the middle of the floor. He did some nice things in the middle of the floor in this game as well, too. Kind of busted a zone from the free throw line, like first attempt at a zone. It's like, oh, yeah, here's Scotty. Here's his at the free throw line. Finish it. Done. Uh, and he did. It, you know, I think the way that the shooting of Trent and Fred and OG kind of spaces things for the non-shooting threats that are Siakam and Barnes. And by the way, Siakam's putting up his threes pretty liberally right now, which is great to see. I think there's a lot in terms of potential to be gleaned from that lineup. And I want to sort of get your thoughts. Like, what were your thoughts on the way they used Siakam last night? How did you think that lineup looked when they were thrown out there on the offensive end? It's only been 50 minutes so far. Their offense is not killing it. They're at 100.1 offensive rating in 50 minutes for that new starting five. But I do think we saw some pretty promising signs last night that this could be a thing that kind of sustains them early in games. Yeah, you already talked about Siakam uh, as the screener, as the roller, and making uh, finding those passes and being able to just pop from the mid-range. Uh, so I think that's an important one. The, the one thing I will say is it's still in that phase of being a bit individualistic in the sense that sure. players don't know where their offense is coming from. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so obviously we saw OG explode in the first half. Uh, and then we, we saw... You know, during that phase, I thought Scotty Barnes almost seemed a bit left out, right? Uh, and I think that's why I, we saw the level of aggression that we saw from him in the second half as well, right? And the, the, there were a couple of shots uh, that, for the first time, to me, looked like, hey, I haven't shot the ball in, the, in a while, uh, or, mm -hmm. hey, I need to get going. Um, uh, and he went... Uh, and made some aggressive moves. Uh, so I think there's a bit of that in terms of figuring it out. And that's what's going to happen with 
uh, all those options that you have, right? And uh, I think Scotty will figure it out. Uh, and Pascal, I think, is in a good zone. I, I think, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you could probably make criticisms uh, before the Detroit game uh, in terms of, you know, him picking his spots and things like that. But I think mm -hmm. this is sort of a sweet spot for him where, again, you know, I really like him attacking off the catch. Uh, and, yeah. you know, you, you pointed out his, him shooting the threes. These aren't the same sh threes that he sh he was shooting uh, last yeah. year, right? <laughs> and, and so I think that, that makes a big difference for him. Uh, and, mm -hmm. you know, he, yeah, sure. He's going to take one or two maybe uh, off the dribble uh, above the break, and that's just going to happen, uh, and that's fine. But the fact that, you know, you, he, you're getting him more of those corner shots, uh, you're getting him uh, with his feet set in rhythm, I think those are the type of threes where, you know, Pascal can scale up that three-point percentage. Yeah. Yeah, I will say, like, you know, I think there was this sort of burgeoning sentiment among the more impatient factions of Raptors internet and fa fandom that were like, oh, Scotty and Pascal can't work together. They can't fit. It's over. Trade one of them. Can't fit. I think last night kind of dispelled those rumors. And I think, you know, had it not been for some errant play by Barnes late in this game, they maybe pull it out because of the strength of that sort of Siakam pick and roll that we saw. Remember back in 2019-20, they were like an insanely good crunch time team. They were an instant bucket when they would run any version of a Lowry-Siakam pick and roll, whether it was Lowry screening or Siakam screening. They were unbelievable. And we saw flashes of that again last night where the Siakam pick and roll can be like an instant piece of offense for the team. And, you know, if Scotty Barnes isn't sort of throwing away easy passes out of bounds and, you know, s stepping out as he's trying to save balls that he's just kind of punched away, I, I think we're probably looking at a bit of a different story with this game and feeling a little bit differently about the whole operation. Let's talk about Scotty quickly here before we move on to the due to the game. Vivek, again, we talked about him on the defensive end of things. Offensively, I mean, he had a reasonably good game, a couple really intriguing and encouraging moments where his eyes just kind of lit up and was like, well, I'm scoring now and you're going to deal with it. And, and that's beautiful. I'm sure Nick Nurse loves to see that. I certainly love to see that. You know, there was the one moment where he kind of picked the ball up, walked it up, and there was not really much in the way of help around him. So he just fired up mid-ranger, canned it. Uh, he tried one of the next possession, didn't go down, but it was nice to see. And then a couple of and ones where he just kind of sized up and realized, you know, the good part of that short small guard thing versus the big guys is there's always a matchup that they could exploit and I thought they did a great job last night of whenever they had one of Norm, CJ, or Dame on one of their three big dudes they just went at the guy and they ended up getting a lot of buckets out of it. Scotty Barnes with two and ones I think both against Norm if I'm not mistaken so that was awesome but down the stretch of the game Couple turnovers, a little bit of rough uh, sort of around the edge of stuff on defense, although we made a couple of remarkable plays as well. He'll always kind of do that too. Um, what were your sort of impressions of the way things went for Scotty late in this game? Did you have a problem with how much they seem to be trying to funnel the offense through him late in the game? Or is this just all part of the learning experience for a 20 year old? And you'll live with a loss at the hands of the 20 year old making 20 year old mistakes. So the loss is a bit tougher to swallow when it's to a team that you feel like you should be beating, sure right sure. like you see these mistakes against a, a utah you're like okay well you know you, you probably take the, the l anyway so it's nice to have the learning moment that comes with it so um the loss the loss is a bit tougher to swallow like it was against detroit um but the three plays i guess that we should talk about uh two are where he rushed it right the yeah. first one is that 
beautiful feed from Fred. Um, yep. And he's sort of ahead of it in his mind. He's thinking about laying it up before he catches it and goes out of bounds. Um, The other one where uh, he rushes it, uh, in a sense, is basically when they run that play uh, for him to make the read and attack the basket. He chose to attack the basket. uh, And he ends up in a terrible position. And he ends up going up anyway. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's one where, you know, maybe a bit more clock awareness and, uh, you know, you probably kick that ball out and try to get a sure. better, better look. Uh, and then the third one was just sloppiness. I don't know if that just comes down to the legs being heavy uh, mm-hmm. from being asked to do so much where uh, I believe it was Pascal just trying to get the ball to him uh, above yeah, the They were like a handoff or something, right? Or yeah, Exactly. And yeah. normally Scotty, you know, would absolutely ensure that the defenders got no shot and would clear him out and get that ball. Um, and he sort of allowed the defender, uh, to get in there. And then, you know, that sort of causes the poke onto his hand out of bounds, change of possession. Um, so those are the three big ones, uh, down the stretch on the offensive end that you kind of look at and say, yeah, that's learning moments. That's a bit of tiredness. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I get that they've, they've got a couple of days to recover, but, uh, and, and, the bench obviously uh, shorthanded and didn't give you much, but you look down the minutes and, and that's just asking a lot of the players. And so at a, at a certain point you are going to get some tired mistakes, especially from a rookie. Yeah, totally. We will uh, get to the minutes conversation through the lens of the dude of the game in a second here, but just one last note on Scotty. Uh, you know, all of those things took place. He also got, he was the victim of an out of body experience by CJ McCollum on that block on the two handed dunk yeah. attempt. I don't know what you're supposed to do about that if you're Scotty Barnes. He basically did everything right. CJ McCollum just yeah. became seven foot eight for one second. So good on CJ for that. That's a real hat tip moment um, and a big sort of swing in the game. So unfortunately, they end up, uh, you know, falling short down the stretch with some rookie mistakes and all that stuff. But we'll continue on. We'll get into perhaps a cause for them losing some steam down the stretch. As you alluded to the minutes conversation as boy, the Raptors starters are playing a whole lot of minutes, and we will uh, discuss it through the lens of the due to the game in just one second here. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at betonline.ag who are back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus upon your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On, all one word, to get that bonus. You put in 100 bucks, you get an extra 50 bucks added on top because of that bonus. That is a wonderful deal. Go to ba- uh, go. Sorry, from basketball, football. The baseball futures market, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online is where the game starts. And today's show is brought to you by our dear friends over at rockauto.com with the ever-increasing number of makes and models. It's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need, not to mention supply chain issues, am I right? There's a topical conversation for you to have around your water cooler. I don't know. Uh, Either way, when you go to a chain store, not only do they not have all the parts you need, but they're also going to charge you the max amount of dollars for said parts 
Instead, go to rockauto.com, find the parts that you need for much, much less. You can uh, save a whole lot of money when you go and search for your parts over at rockauto.com with their super easy to use website. If I can use it, you can use it. I know nothing about cars, but I can navigate that site like the back of my hand. It is so, so simple and intuitive. You just search the make, year, model, and the exact part that you need. And you don't just get one option. Sometimes you don't just get two options. Sometimes you get like 10 options that you can pick from, different brand specifications, and of course, prices. You can pick, pick the part that works for you. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on there. How'd you hear about us, Box? So know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, Big V, let's round this thing out with the dude of the game, the segment that everybody is clamoring for, future award-winning podcast segment, the dude of the game. You have the honors here, Vivek Jacob. Who is your dude of the game winner for the Raptors' loss to the Portland Trail Blazers? Uh, I'm going to give it to Malachi Flynn. Yeah, that magic minute. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, he had had that stretch... uh, towards the end of the third quarter where you know he kind of gets the raptors in what a a, a three for oh pos- possession stretch Hell yeah, uh, you know does. instead of a two for one <laughs> i'm trying to figure out how to word that <laughs> very proud and you know you love the assertiveness he showed because there were a couple of times on that very final possession where uh it seemed like og ananobi wanted the ball um and Malachi Flynn asked for the screen, uh, gets the separation, and then really does a good job of not only attacking the basket with pace, but also keeping his body in the way where the defender can't really catch up to him. Uh, and it, you, when you kind of take away the path like that and you can still go at speed, um, that's what allows him to finish that layup and uh seemed like a momentum turning layup because they were able to tie the game heading into the fourth after a pretty good stretch uh for the blazers so i'll give it to malachi i don't know what your thoughts were no i i think that's a wonderful pick i was torn between malachi and fred van vliet because fred van vliet did some real dude stuff late in this game after a pretty tough effort through uh, like 38 minutes of the game he just kind of took over and was just dropping brazen threes that kind of you know maybe i guess they were fake comeback threes but for a time they felt like real comeback threes and Mm -hmm. every time it seemed like the blazers kind of pulled back out fred was there with a three or two of uh pretty uh ballsy persuasion (laughs) and you know it it was it was cool to see him kind of you know show up and have that you know sort of all right it's hero time i'm gonna do this thing late in the game but no i think flynn is a really good choice because it does kind of dovetail into the overall conversation that we're having about the minutes thing right by the way malachi flynn his second due to the game win he has played a total of 41 minutes this season which means he is averaging nearly two dotgs per 40 minutes that has to be <laughs> definitely is, is an all-time record and uh, is probably a stat worth putting on cleaning the glass, Ben Falk. Um, oh. So congrats to Malachi Flynn for that. But yeah, I think this does kind of move into the conversation about the minutes thing because I don't know what Flynn's got to do. Every time he's come in in the last couple of weeks here, it seems like he's done something pretty good. Not to mention you got Goran Dragic having a really nice effort in his last game out as well. And you have all these guys. Delano Banton's playing well for the most part, too. A little bit rough last night. Didn't get a second chance. I thought he maybe should have. But um, you have these guys who are playing pretty well in the backcourt whenever they do get a chance. 
but it's still 40 minutes of Fred Van Vliet seemingly every even every night groin injury or not that was had him questionable before the game obviously this can't sustain over the course of the full season we're kind of back to the peak of the Dwayne Casey Kyle Lowry 40 minute a game conversation from way back in the day and you know it's a and it's an odious conversation no one likes to just talk about the minutes because it feels like low-hanging fruit and all that but like it matters and very clearly the team is losing steam down the stretch of games like this every starter in the Raptors lineup last night 39 minutes or more four of them played 40 minutes and uh OG had the 41 like you just can't survive a full season that way and Nurse is very clearly coaching games to win and that's part of what I love about Nick Nurse is not a, like he's not going to sort of throw in the talent any game. It's really fun, and he's always going to try to win a game. But at some point, there's got to be some balance here. And the reserves, while it's been a little bit inconsistent, and you know Chris Boucher is hurt right now with pressures that Chua's out. I still think like Svima Hyluk, Malachi Flynn, like Ken Birch, like all these guys have played well enough to play more than they have been so far. Like, what's the solution here if you're Nick Nurse? Is it just kind of like? letting the sort of like cutting the umbilical a little bit and just saying go nuts Malachi Flynn play 12 minutes a game and give Fred Van Vliet the break he so desperately needs uh yeah I mean he's kind of got the template for a solution from the 2019-20 season as well we saw it there right where those first seven eight games he, he didn't trust the bench at all and then he had no choice to because of the injuries. And then you see Rondé Hollis Jefferson get an opportunity. You see Chris Boucher get, get an opportunity. And then all of a sudden this bench emerges. That's pretty damn productive. Uh, And you're saying, Hey, you've got something. So uh, I think there has been enough shown by the bench to be given a bit more trust. Um, This is also a bit part part of why uh, I think uh, Gary works better off the bench because they really need that go-to spark plug Mm -hmm. guy uh and i think gary can do that for them uh and then it allows nick in my opinion a few more options as well where you know say you have malachi in the game you can still have delano in there with him right Mm -hmm. Uh, and and i think if you have malachi or in your case Dragic, along with gary along with delano um I i feel like there's enough playmaking chops there uh, to try and get something in. You throw in one of the starters, uh, if not two, and then, you know, you can make it work. So I I think, you know, a a bit more trust. You know, I I get going to an eight-man rotation knowing that you have a couple of days to rest. uh, But at the same time, if this is the game plan all the time, you're going to run out of gas, uh, not just in games, but over the course of the season. You're, You're asking a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. And frankly, you are kind of asking for injuries too at some point. Yeah, it's, um, you know, look, I don't know if this is correlation, causation, whatever, but like the Raptors have been a pretty injured team the last few years, right? Like 2019-20, they had a ton of guys go out. Last season, obviously, you know, COVID doesn't really count for that, but they still had a lot of injuries before COVID hit. You know, I wonder if the way they play does eventually kind of spiral into this stuff. And you would think that you build a team that has 13 playable guys, which they do. Like, I'm pretty comfortable with any one of those 13 guys playing. Like, you would figure that you could balance out the minutes a little bit more. 
But, you know, I also get that they kind of become rudderless when Fred's out there. But at the same time, you're not going to find that new rudder if you don't give that rudder a chance to get spinning. And so is that what rudders do? Uh, or are they, are they the ones that just turn? <laughs> I don't know anything about the sea, um, but <laughs> I think I'm right. Um, yeah, it's just it's kind of a chicken egg thing, right? And you're never going to figure out what you can do without Fred until you uh, allow Fred to not play 90% of the minutes in every game. It's it's a tricky question. I, I disagree that I that with like the Trent off the bench thing, just because I don't think the starters have enough shooting at all if he's not in the starting five. But I do like what they did last night where they brought out Barnes like five, six minutes in, brought in Birch, and then Barnes kind of ran with the second unit guys. And I think, you know, there should be a way here with the fact that you can stagger two of your starters, two of your core four guys at any time. There should be a way to pair them with other guys in that bench, in those bench lineups to just compliment them well, stay alive in those minutes and not have to go back to Fred Van Vliet at the start of the fourth quarter because you're bleeding points. And so it's certainly a difficult puzzle to figure out. They're probably going to lose some games along the way as Nick Nurse tries to figure out how to assemble that rotation to better protect Fred from being ground into dust. But, you know, it's not just Fred. It's Siakam. It's OG. Like all of these guys, you know, need to, you know, conserve their energy. It's kind of like... You know, we've always clowned Mike Budenholzer for the whole, hey, Giannis can only play 34 minutes and no more. But like Giannis goes full bore for those 34 minutes. And that is, you know, something to be spoken for. And so we'll see. That's going to be, I'm sure, a topic of conversation over the next couple of days here. I'm sure Nick Nurse will be asked about it. We will update you on what he says there. But um, that is, uh, I think, a pretty good place to leave off the dude of the game, Malachi Flynn, with his three minutes really just uh, itching to get those uh, that call once again. Imagine how many due to the games he could win if he was playing more. Come on. Uh, this is for the due to the game uh, title, Nick Nurse. Stop messing around. Either way, that feels like the good place to leave off today's episode. Big V, anything you would like to promote for the good people out there? Uh, usual stuff. Raptors.com is where you can find my work. CBC Sports. I'm getting uh, those uh, Winter Olympic features set. So you can Maybe. look forward to that in the coming weeks. And yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Vivek M. Jacob. Really excited for Olympic Hawk V. <laughs> <laughs> if we should be there. Uh, that <laughs> I'm going to leave that one alone. <laughs> yeah, I'm garbage. You can leave now if you'd like. I would understand. Uh, that will do it for today's episode. You can find me, of course, on Twitter at Woodley Sean. You can subscribe to the podcast and all your favorite podcast apps as well as on YouTube. So please go ahead and do that. It's very much appreciated. Coming up on tomorrow's show, I'm going to be joined by Yaron Weitzman from uh, – actually, no, Yaron's going to be on Friday's episode. I'm recording that tomorrow. Joe Wolfon's going to be on tomorrow's episode as we're going to dig into sort of the big picture stuff with the Raptors, building off of the piece he wrote for the score over the weekend. And, uh, yeah, Yaron's going to be on Friday. We're going to talk about Nick Nurse squatting. We're going to talk about team building as Yaron wrote a really good book about the Sixers and the tanking process. And uh, the Raptors we're gonna, they have kind of gone about a different way here. So we're going to kind of compare and contrast contrast with your own also on thursday we'll be joined by kelsey o'brien and Dwayne notice from the new west side stories raptors on a five podcast to talk 905 and tee up the game against the utah jazz on thursday night till then thank you so much for tuning in and making us your first listen go make your second listen of the day locked on fantasy basketball as josh lloyd is doing all of the lord's work getting you everything you need to know about your fantasy basketball teams and with that we'll talk to you again on wednesday bye-bye
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.